Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Welcome back to Light the Fight. And this is the DM version of Light the Fight. And so if hopefully um, you've listened to DM before, we call it DMs because it's a direct message. And this is a way that many of you reach out to us and ask us questions. And, um, and we love your questions. And so we then ask David to weigh in and answer your questions. And... Um, this one is probably a little bit different because well, yeah. in this question, we're taking a DM that we got and also Heidi found this DM is like, well, I get this question a lot lately. So this is going to be a question from a DM, but also a similar question that you're having. So it's not an, a word for word question, but it is a question that's popping up a lot. Well, and, and interestingly enough, just to put this out here, and I know I've said this before, is a lot of the questions that come in are very similar. Um, very, in fact, we probably, for every 10 questions, there's probably only two topics in those 10 questions. Yeah. Because just different you guys, little nuances, you know, we, as parents right now in this day and age, we're dealing with the same thing, struggling, the same thing, questioning the same thing. Um, and so I wanted to address this because specifically because this comes in as a question to me personally, to us is like the fight very regularly and i i would love to have this as a resource to be able to direct people to it often um and so i'm hoping david that you can give a just a really concise um amount of information here's how it goes down um i get messages that there may be a, an attempt of suicide or a suicide that has happened in a community or as a peer and a parent's children or child is affected by a suicide or a suicide attempt. So let me just make this really clear to unpack this. What you're saying is that people come to you they're worried about their kids because their kids have been affected by someone's attempt or someone's successful suicide. Correct. And they don't, and so the parent's saying, what do I say? Okay. Okay. How do I help my child or, or how do I support my child? And what um, I do, what do I not do? What do I say? Okay. Yeah. That, so that's, that's the question. Okay. And that was um, a question. We've had a couple similar is questions in the DMS that came through and Heidi's getting a lot of those. So that's why we're bringing it up at this moment. So parents, often I'll say like, okay, I hear the question that people are saying, but I don't necessarily think it's, it's the right question. Here's, I think the question is the question really, what I take is that parents are not sure of their role in this scenario, because this is not a scenario that you get a lot of practice at. 
if you're a parent out there and your kid has been affected by suicide in some way, shape or form or worried about a friend, that's becoming all too common. But it's not like it happens every day where your kid was friends with someone who died or had a very close suicide attempt call. That's still not happening all the time, even though it's more often that's happening. So as a parent, you don't get a lot of practice of these things. It's it's unsure, it's it's unfamiliar territory. And the consequences of saying the wrong things uh, could be scary, you know? So most parents don't know how to feel, don't know how to think about how to even respond or what their role is in this. So let me start addressing that first, your role. Your role as a parent for your kid that is being affected by the potential loss or almost loss or the loss of a loved one, I want you to take a step back and see that you are simply a support person in this role. You're not a parent and you're not a teacher in this role. Unless you're a suicide prevention specialist, (laughs) you're a licensed mental health therapist that happens to specialize in this. If you're not a professional in that realm at all, you should see yourself as a support person and take off the hat as mom or dad and put on the hat as a support person. I think this is really important to distinguish this because the mom and dad hat role usually comes with a lot of expectations that you have to have a lot of answers. You're more of an approachable person. Your kids are more likely to talk to you about their distress if you're not the source of all the information how they should feel about this. It's actually safer to tell them, I don't know how to support you with this. I don't know how to handle this. Assuming if you've never had something similar, let's say you don't know anyone that's attempted, but say, I do know that you need support right now and you can help me better support you. So you can talk to me if you're having a bad day. And give me the mom, can you put on, or dad, can you put on the support person hat? Which means if you take off the mom's sombrero, because that's a big hat, (laughs) you take off the mom's sombrero, you now don't have the responsibility of you have to save your child from feeling that way. You're just experiencing it and going through it with your child. Because if you're going to sit here and say, I need to stop my child's pain, then you're trying to say my child has to not be human. And that would be really convenient for you, parent, listening to this, if you could stop your child's pain. But this is not a pain to stop. This is a pain to better understand. And how are you going to understand something from them if they don't even understand what they're going through? So step number one, what you don't want to do, drum roll, don't ask them a bunch of questions. Okay? Everyone tells me, not everyone, oftentimes people say, wait a second, how am I supposed to get information if I don't ask my kid questions? Well, you're going to have to evolve because that's old school. New school is like this. If you're a support person, it's not about you doing an FBI investigation of what they know, what they don't know, how they feel, because they, like I said, they don't even really know how they feel at the moment. They don't know how they feel. And they could change from that afternoon to the next night. You may see them being like, I can't go to school today because I'm so sad and depressed. And then that night they want to go out and hang out with their friends because that's going to help them with their sadness and depression too. You may feel like you're being taken advantage of. These are just off scenarios that happens. All those things are normal for teenagers to do, even if there isn't a trauma. In the morning, they're sick and they can't go to school. At night, they're magically healed from their fake temperature and they're ready to roll. Not everybody, and this is research-based, not everybody is going to be extremely adversely affected by a suicide in their own school, let alone in their own community. Don't make the assumption that your kid is going to be suicidal or going to be going down this horrible path because someone that they happen to have known 
died or had a close suicide attempt. And I don't mean to seem cruel to say that. That's just what we're finding as mental health professionals, that it doesn't always affect everyone the exact same way. Now, of course, you have people that want attention for this. So if your kid is one of the kids that wants attention for it, and you think they're just doing this for attention because they weren't really close to that kid, and you say some things like, come on, like, I mean, I, I know this is hurtful, but like, did you really even know that kid? Okay, that's step number two, don't do. So don't ask a bunch of questions like, what's going on? Like, why do you feel this way? What's happening? I should have given you the answer to that. We talked about it in our others podcast. Just make some simple statements like, Hey, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're feeling. You may not even know what you're feeling, but I want you to know you don't have to go through this alone. It wasn't my friend, and I respect that. I honor that. That's your thing. So you don't have to talk to me about all your feelings, but you're someone that I care about. So whatever you're going through, I would like to be of help to you. And even the help is giving you a little bit of space or giving you a shoulder to cry on, or if you tell me to take off my mom's sombrero hat or my dad's sombrero hat, just so you can share things without me giving advice, I'm willing to do all those. Or I could also offer suggestions of like what you can do, like counseling, stuff like that. But I need you to help me figure out how to be a better support person for you, which means you don't have to have all the answers. So the first problem was asking questions and that was a simple solution that you could do. Second one is you don't want to compare their experience to what you think their experience should be. So if you think that your child wasn't that close to that kid or it just wasn't, shouldn't be that important to them and they're using this as an excuse again to get out of schoolwork, whatever, just don't say that. Even if you feeling something, thinking something, thinking you have a read on your kid doesn't mean you have to speak it. I've said this before, a little white lie is sometimes better than the red truth. So I've had parents say, I don't believe this is affecting them. I think they're using an excuse. I'm like, you know what? You could be right. But you also could really damage the relationship by saying that. Let it play out. Act like a support person and a first responder. So third one, and this is something that gets to more proactive approach. If you are concerned, you have the right as a parent to say, hey, listen, I'm not taking you in to see a counselor because I think you're screwed up and you have any problems. I'm taking you to see a counselor just to give you support because I may not be the best person to support you. I could be a dentist in this scenario, a construction worker. Those aren't professions that you just naturally know how to handle a situation. So if you are worried and concerned about your child, say, I'm going to take you to talk to someone. Try it out a couple times. Relief. This is not because you're a problem. This is to help you relieve all the unsorted out feelings and emotions you may or may not have. Now, if they go once or twice, and that's really just to kind of comfort you and they don't really need it, then just let that be. But if they go and they end up liking it and they end up resonating with that and it helps them with other things in their life, then hey, it was a win. Either way, err on the side of making sure your kid has all the resources of support, but allow them some freedom to choose what support they want to use because everyone's different. There's not one feeling or one reaction to this type of situation. It's going to be broad spectrum, lots of potential feelings and reactions. What do you think about yeah, that, Heidi? I think that's, I think that's really good. I want to, I want to throw in just one last piece of this puzzle. A lot of people ask me, you know, I know my kid needs help. Where do I even start? Um, and you know, David, I think 
you know, I would love for you to weigh in on this. Um, some of the things that I believe in and have experienced, and I think that is particular if you just have to start out looking for help. Um, a school counselor and school administrators, really good place to start. Um, they may not have all the answers, but it's a good place to start the conversation. Well, they also are aware of a lot of community resources because a lot of community resources come to them and say, hey, you know, if you need help with anything, um, especially school counselor, they may be uh, aware of support groups or things that are in your area. The second thing that I that I do like to share with parents is make sure that you're not leaving the physician, your family physician. And it's kind of weird because as your teenager gets old, it's still a pediatrician and they're kind of like, well, I got to go in and there's like a baby before me or whatever, you know, don't leave your physician out of this conversation. Um, your physician will have resources and can, can have a conversation with your kids that you might not be, feel comfortable or know how to have. Well, and I think, I think that's a really good one specifically. If there's a long-term relationship with your physician, realistically, parents, you want to be the master of networking, not the master of information. Right, of knowing everything. Yeah, yeah, of knowing everything. If you can take a step back and say, listen, what I do know is that there's a lot of people that know more than me, and I could be the liaison, the one that connects you with those people, and also get them involved. You know, if you're going to ask them questions, because again, in our past episodes, I'm not saying you can't ask questions at all about your concerns, your child. Just don't start off with questioning them because that can be misconstrued that you're overly worried or something is an agenda for you about them. And that feels all too familiar other aspects of their life. Like you asking questions about their homework, you asking questions about where they were at night. It's just too close to that. So just lead off with want to be your support person, want to better help you out and say things like that. Once it's kind of softening, then you can say, you know, can I ask you a question? Here's what I was thinking. And just kind of throw a couple of resources out there and just then ask them if that's any of those or something to be interested. If they were like, I don't know, I don't know. Tell you what, would you mind if I just kind of set up a couple appointments, if I call a couple people, you can go and talk to them if you want privacy or I can be there available with you. I just want to make sure that we're taking this very serious. And the thing about suicide is the people that it does affect, it affects them usually in a very personal way because they either A, can relate to those types of feelings. Maybe they were not suicidal per se, but they can relate to an emptiness, a loneliness, heart and pain that's deep inside or when you're talking to a teenager and you're letting them know that there's all these other resources out there that they can connect with it gives them an opportunity to see that they have solutions that they can come up with to their own pain they didn't create this pain but we also don't want to paint ourselves a picture of if you're struggling we're going to take away your hurt and pain and struggle a that's not your role that's your ideal that's your hope and it's good but how much better if they become proactive in their own search for happiness or grieving from these types of situations? Yeah. Well, okay. Thank you. I think that this is kind of one of those very specific <laughs> those yeah. messages that we just need to get out there so that when we get DM, when we get the DMs and the messages that we can direct people to this particular information, um, and it's, it's almost like a public service announcement. It, it is. This is a good one to just tuck into your back pocket and um, be a resource to others who may, who may need it. You may be a professional mortgage broker. You may be a professional dentist. You may be a professional whatever your trade is, but you may not be a professional at this. So work on the things you're good at. 
if you're good at supporting your kid or if your spouse is good or your, your partner is good at supporting the kid and you're better at like making the phone calls, have the person that's better at talking to your kid approach <laughs> them and you do the follow, following up with the phone calls. If you happen to be all in the same person, well then let that person spearhead that operation because we're all about outcomes and success and some parents have a better knack and, and bedside manner in these conversations than others. Yep. And and as always, I like to always say whenever someone asks me a question or reaches out, is just keep listening. Keep oh, listening oh, I almost forgot. Also, it's okay, parents out there, to contact the uncles and aunts, trusted adults in your teenager's life and tell them, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you reach out and just put a little bat signal out there? Let my kid know that you're available. Because that's, that's a really good resource too. Because sometimes they need a practice run. Because yeah. what if there's some things that are like, I this is bringing up some stuff for me. I probably need to talk about mom and dad, but they're fearful how you may react. So they might need to talk to school counselors, uncles, aunts, coaches, any trusted adult, and get kind of that conversation going with them first. Yeah, at some point. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the DMs. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always message us through our website, which is lightthefight.com. You can send us a message via Instagram or Facebook. Um, and thank you for everybody who sent us messages. Appreciate yeah. it. Whether we've, we've answered them or not, keep on sending them because we just we love them and we're going to get to as many as we can. But thank you for sending Well, and them. it certainly helps us get a read on what you like, what needs clarification, and it helps us to um, to meet to meet your needs and be a support to you guys. So, which is what we want to do. Um, so, anyway, as always, thank you for listening, thank you for supporting, thank you for helping to spread the word and helping us to light the fight. See you next time.